Hey, hey, welcome to the Chelsea Pites podcast, where today I'm going to be tackling a question that I've been putting off for a long while. And I think mainly because I just felt like, who am I to answer this question? Or I don't have enough expertise. And the question that I have been asked again and again and again over the last few years has been, how do you become a professional speaker? How do you get better at speaking? How do you get better at presenting and everything in between? So I'm going to tell you a little bit of my story about how I got here. And then I'm going to give you some of the things that I wish I would have known earlier in my career that I do now and have absolutely saved me time and mental space. So with that, let's dive into the show. I hope that we're connected on the gram. You can find me at chelsea.pites. I have a whole bunch of downloads, freebies, all the goodies there. And so I definitely would recommend that you go over there. If you're listening to the podcast, drop me a DM so that I can personally say hello and let me know that you came from the pod. And with that, here we go. Okay, so how did I become a professional speaker? It was never in the plan. Not once, never in the plan. Never did I think I was going to be a real estate agent. And never did I think I was going to be a speaker nor a real estate coach. <laughs> so it happened very organically. And, I, and I, I truly believe that my purpose in this lifetime is to inform people, to um, to empower them, to, to be a teacher. I'm passionate about being a teacher. And so it's perfect that I am in and around coaching slash teaching. And I think that speaking is one of those components of teaching. And so it really simply started with someone asking me a question of how to do something, most likely on Snapchat, because that's really kind of where I got my main start on social media and my passion was Snapchat. And so someone probably asked me, can you help me with this? And then I showed one person and then we had two people and then I, I did a little class and little classes became medium-sized classes and medium-sized classes became large classes, local events and associations. And then I started writing for Inman. I was a contributing author. And then I started speaking there. And from there, it just sort of took off. And I spoke for years for years for free as well. So I'm going to give you some tips and I, I haven't really thought these out. So they might be in a little bit of a random order, but I'm going to try to organize it as much as I possibly can. So the first thing that I want to tell you is probably seemingly obvious, but very important nonetheless. You really, really, really need to know what you're talking about. You really need to know it. And 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 don't let this discourage you because if you're like me and you're perfectionistic, you're going to want to like say, oh my gosh, I'm never ready to speak on this topic because I don't know everything there is to know. You need to know a lot. But what I mean by that is you need to be confident in your topic and your ability to talk about the topic and in your ability to say, I'm not sure if I know that, but let me get back to you on that. Or, you know, I don't know that answer to that question, but here's something else that maybe would be helpful for you. So knowing your your stuff is very important. And to be honest with you, there are many times that I present new material that maybe I'm not necessarily new with, but I'm new to presenting it publicly. And I still have to work out the kinks. I still test things all the time. And that is something that is important to know is that you're going to be testing things. You're going to be testing the right length. You're going to be testing your opener. You're going to be testing your transitions where you're moving from one point to another. You're going to be testing jokes and visuals and all of those things you're going to get feedback on. And I will tell you still to this day, oftentimes the stuff that you don't even think is going to land is the stuff that people love and vice versa. So I'm always tweaking and I'm always thinking, but you really need to know your stuff. And I would encourage you to brain dump it all out. You need to pick one topic, 
one topic. And if I could be as so bold as to say, pick one area of a topic, for example, you could pick Instagram, or you could pick real estate, or you could pick mortgages. But what about it in one section can you talk about specifically? Is it Instagram Reels? Is it Instagram Stories? Is it uh, the graphic side of it or creating templates or creating your posts or your carousels? What area of the larger picture do you want to focus on? Now, you may end up speaking about more than whatever that lar- that smaller area is. However, it's going to help you focus your ideas. And I am one of those people that is not linear. I literally just write out all the ideas and I puzzle piece them together and move them around. So we'll kind of get into some of those tips about the actual putting together of the presentation. But I would say pick one thing because as a speaker, you don't want to be recreating the wheel every single time somebody is saying, hey, we'd love for you to teach a class. Now, somebody might say, we'd love for you to teach a class on Snapchat. And I would say, you know what? I've, it's been a long while since I've done Snapchat, but what I can tell you about Snapchat, it was one of the original video platforms and it absolutely changed how we use video to communicate. What I do speak on is the power of communicating through video. So I would say it's very tempting in the beginning to try to say yes to everything, but it's so critical to really know yourself and have that self-awareness and know what you are passionate about, and what your purpose is when you are here to educate, empower, and speak, and to inform and influence. And you need to be very narrowly focused on that. And you might be thinking, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to put into like a, a corner where they, I'm just the Instagram person. Well, that could happen. So, um, but I will tell you that I started with one thing and then grew out from there. So it's important to also know as you are thinking about the topic, you might be covering two or one of the three major topics. Like I always think of it in terms of if I'm going to give a presentation or a keynote, first of all, there's a difference between like a keynote presentation, which is kind of more uh, motivational, uh, may help, let me help you think of something in a different way, aha moments. And then there's sort of like workshop style. And workshop is sort of the tactical, nitty gritty, getting into it, how to. Now you can combine them. And that's my favorite. I like to combine. I, I love a workshop even more than a keynote. But at the beginning, I didn't realize that there was a, an actual distinct difference between the two. So I would think in terms of, If you're going to talk about a keynote, in my mind, that is the what and the why. What is the topic about defining it for people, helping them understand it? What is your perspective on that? Because any good presenter or teacher has their own perspective because I can essentially read someone's blog or read a chart, but I need you to help me understand why it's important to me and have those aha moments with analogies and metaphors, especially if you're talking about a complex topic, that those metaphors and analogies that you are using to describe something that is complex that I'm not familiar with, like an algorithm or a 1031 exchange, you can explain it in a way that someone says, oh yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. Thank you for that helpful example. So I think of keynote sort of as like what and why. And then the the workshop is the how. Now, again, you can have what, why, and how all in one. You can have that in a keynote. But I like to think of it in terms of, am I covering the what? Am I covering the why or the why they care or the why they need to do this? Or why, if they don't do this, X is going to happen. They're going to 
lose business. They're going to make less sales, whatever it is. And then the how, which most people want to heavily dive into the how and sometimes forget the why and the what. And so those are things that I still think about in my career as a speaker. I definitely can tell you that when I started speaking, it was all how. It was all how. And I think because I thought that maybe my audience just already got it. And so when I started really incorporating the why, which I think is my superpower, is defining the why in a way that people say, oh, wow, I never thought of it like that before. And that didn't happen for me right away. After I was very confident in my purpose, knew what I was talking about, and was able to really, really, really explain it and break it down, that's when it came to me. Maybe it won't for you. Maybe it'll be super easy for you, but it took me a long, long time. So figure out one topic and maybe a niche within that one topic. And then I want you to break it down into, okay, what is the definition of this or what is it? Why do I care about it? What happens if I don't care about it? And and how do I do the thing? And obviously, you probably aren't going to be able to go into every single detail. But that's actually a good thing. Because what happens is, and this is one of the things that I wish I would have learned earlier, you want people to reach out to you afterwards. You want people to want more. You want to close the loop on what your topic is, but you also want people wanting more especially if there's something that you're selling or there's a download or you're trying to get their email so that you can grow your database. So what you can do is when you are presenting at the end of your presentation, you can create a slide with a QR scan code and you can just Google free QR generator and it will make you one. And you can uh, upload either your um, slides Uh, slides only, or you could upload slides. You could also create a a guide that goes along like a workbook. You can go to Canva and, and and create your own workbook, or you could go to Fiverr and pay someone to just create a simple workbook for you that's in a PDF version that someone can print out. And you can drive them to your owned media, meaning you're not gonna drive them to Instagram, you're not gonna drive them to YouTube, you're driving them to your landing page where you're going to capture their email address and you are going to nurture that relationship over time. Like one of my favorite email uh, relationships, I'm calling it, or nurture campaigns is Amy Porterfield. I don't know if anybody's ever signed up for anything that Amy has done. First of all, she provides incredible value. Her downloads are amazing. And she is on point with her email game. Because once you sign up for her email funnel, you consistently are fed with valuable emails. And it is consistent. And I'm sure that her conversion rate is quite high. So one thing that I didn't do when I first started speaking is I never gave people a call to action to reach out to me for the next steps. I never told them, hey, go here. And also I have this companion workbook. I have this guide. I have this download. Oh, by the way, I coach people. (laughs) Believe it or not, I didn't even tell people that they could work with me. You need to tell people what the next best step is and how they can get more of you. I don't even care if you don't have anything else made. If you want to grow your business, you will rise to the occasion. So if you tell people 
that you're going to be able to meet with them or they can coach with you, you'll figure it out. The problem is we have too much time and we're like, oh my gosh, I haven't gotten this learning management system and I haven't figured this out. When I first started coaching, I didn't have any of that. I didn't even have a website. You will figure it out as you go. Don't not letting the plan in front of you or having all the things in place stop you from doing that. But you do need to tell people specifically for sure what to do next. So I really, really wish that I would have thought of that. Um, my friend Katie Lance uh, taught me that. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's such a great, um, great idea. And I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not driving them anywhere. And it's, it, there's no excuse not to at this point in 2023. I also would recommend not scripting your talk and not reading. Scripting, I also consider reading or relying on your slides. And that's the part where you got to know your stuff. Because if you don't know your stuff, I mean, granted, yes, you could use it as like a mental trigger, but you should be able to pretty much tell me everything that is going to be on that slide. I do not recommend making slides with a ton of text on it. This was a huge mistake that I made because I really wanted to give people a lot of value. Now, one caveat I will tell you is that every once in a while, I will have like examples, like uh, hook headlines or calls to action. And I will tell people, now I want you to get out your phone and I want you to take a picture of this because this is going to be something that you're going to want to take home with you. And I also followed up with, oh, and by the way, if you want to download the whole workbook, you can scan my QR code. So I don't have slides unless they're designed for people to take pictures. I do not make slides with a lot of words on them. I really try to play a game of Pictionary and this is hard. So if you're just starting out speaking, maybe you don't play this game yet. But one of the games I play with my um, my own brain when I'm creating new content is I try to think of it in terms of, okay, here's the outline of the slides that I want to do or the content or the topics that I want to talk about. I never have them in the right order. I just have to brain dump them. I wish I could be more linear, but I can't. So I get all this stuff out and I just don't know what order I'm going to put them in. And then I start thinking in terms of, okay, if I had to describe this with just a picture or just a meme, or a video clip from a TV show or a movie? How could I make this, this point with no words? And it's really hard, but also really fun. And a lot of times I love, I love using Schitt's Creek um, clips and GIFs and memes, because I feel like they have one for everything. So um, that is a, I think, 2.0. First, get all your ideas out. And then what I do is I get my ideas out and then I actually type just the text on the actual PowerPoint slide. Now, a lot of people are going to tell you not to put your ideas in a PowerPoint slide, just to write them down, to put them on post-it notes. And listen, I think that's a actually better way to do it, but I've just been doing it this way for so long that now I can't undo it. So listen to the people that are saying, put every single idea on a post-it note, and then it's easier to move around. I 1000% agree with that. But what I do is I have my ideas, then I put them just simple text in the slides. And then what I'll do is do the Pictionary game where I try to find something that represents it visually. Because what happens for me then is it, it inspires me. It helps me get more creative. And it also helps the people that are in the presentation with you stay more engaged because I could explain 
why using industry lingo in your videos is not a good way to communicate with people who are not in your industry. For example, if I am a mortgage provider and I'm talking about a, a basis point, a, a 0.25 basis points going up, I would not use that in my content because the average human being doesn't understand what basis points are and what that means. But what I would do is show you a clip from Shit's Creek where Moira says, just fold the cheese in. He's like, what do you mean fold it in? She's like, fold it in, David. David, I can't do everything for you. Fold it in. I sound like Moira, don't I? I love her. And the whole point of that is now you're laughing and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, fold the fold in the cheese. And I use that clip as a metaphor, as an analogy, because when you're using industry lingo, you're basically telling people to fold in the cheese. What does that mean? You can't just say, well, it means fold it in, <laughs> right? So again, those are more advanced strategies, but I can't tell you how helpful that has been for me and for my audience is playing the Pictionary game and trying to force myself to only communicate in images. Um, I've also for really big presentations that I have a very short amount of time on, like a, like a Ted style talk, I will script those out and, and try to do my best to memorize them. I do not recommend memorization because you lose the warmth cues and the connection with the other people. And if something happens, if something goes wrong, your brain is used to the beginning to the middle to the end. So it is also a really good pro tip to once you have your sections of your presentation or your talk, maybe you're going to give them like three points. Like that's a good one. Like three points takeaway are always good, sometimes five points. But the three point, I mean, that that the three things, that's been a classic, right? And today I'm going to teach you three ways to blah, 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 right? Whatever it is. So those three things, um, you want to be able to have those topics prepped and ready to go and have transitions going into each one of them and connect them all because you don't want to just have a, a point number one and then, okay, randomly now we're going to point number two. But also you don't want to be practicing something so that if point number three pops up, and you're not ready for it because your brain's on point number two. So I do like to practice my presentations like randomly. I like to just go to a random slide and start talking. So I will say that once you've gotten familiar with your presentation, mix it up. Because if you are trying to memorize from slide number one to number two to number three to number four, if those slides get out of order or something happens, I don't even know, it's random things happen when you're presenting, you have to be able to pick up where you left off or you have to be able to just go with the flow and do the next thing. So practice out of order once you have everything um, kind of you're feeling comfortable with the actual topics in and of themselves. Another tip that I wish that I had known, and, and again, this is more of an advanced tip, I would say, the connection or the transitions or the linking of points. So going from point number one to point number two, I didn't realize how important transitions were. I didn't realize that the magic happens when a skilled presenter is able to connect something that seems unconnectable, that seems unrelatable and link it to the next uh, topic. And so this is often what happens with storytelling. And this is something that I'm personally working on for 2023 is telling more stories because stories activate people's brains and they start listening and they remember it more. And who doesn't want to be remembered more? 
So I would encourage you to tell more stories. That's definitely a pro tip that I wish I would have known in the beginning. I did not tell stories. I went right into the how to, and I just blasted with tons of information and data. So now I tell stories in between the data so that I can keep people's brains engaged. And one of the hard parts for me about telling stories is like, this is a great story, but how do I connect it to the algorithm? <laughs> right? And so that is going to take a little bit of time, but I would recommend like what I did, I just brain dumped all of my stories. And this was really hard for me. I was like, I don't have any stories to tell. So I would just kind of start writing down, like, for example, I have a funny wedding day story. Um, I remember, you know, like think of big events. I remember when I went to uh, the hospital to have Mason and everything went wrong. And it was very funny. And, and just like little stories too that are happening throughout the day. So it is hard in the beginning, but you will start to be more aware of the stories that are happening around you. Another tip that I would give you is energy. Um, I would highly recommend that you take a course or hire a coach. Like I, I know you can't hire a coach in the beginning and I've been in this game for a decade and I just now hired a speaking coach. And I really wish I would have a long time ago. Um, but there are courses that you can take or you can even Google. There are so many things on YouTube University about how you are presenting. How you say it is probably more important than what you're saying. And I mean, how fast are you speaking? Are you speaking slow? Are you speaking too fast? What's your volume? You need to up the volume. Whatever volume you think you're being loud at, it needs to be louder. It needs to be louder because you're going to need to grab people's attention. Um, you know, are you just speaking in the same tone the whole time? And, you know, pauses and different types of body language and gestures. And, and if you're on a stage learning how to use your body on a stage, like movement or not moving or, you know, not moving when you have a really important point and you want it to land and then you pause and you wait for people's brains to go. Oh. So again, those are, those are like advanced speaking. And I want you to get like too wrapped up in that right now. I think the main things I would tell you, find your idea, narrow it down, use the three three stage or three steps or three bullet point formula. And um, I also would say use the Pictionary tool as far as not relying on slides. And then lastly, I would say um, you need to probably speak for free. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people will say, you know, you can book things and, and you, can, you can basically get paid for them right away. Here's what I wish I would have done. I wish that I would have thought about bartering. I didn't think about bartering. I don't know why. I just was like, oh, okay, well, you're either paying me or you're not. But a lot of these events, not, not all of them, but some of them, they have a photographer there or they have a videographer. And you know what? I didn't have a speaker reel. I didn't have photos of me speaking. And you know what helps you get more speaking gigs? videos of you speaking, <laughs> photos of you speaking. I also didn't even have a website. You guys, I just got a website this year. I just got a professional website this year and I've been doing this for 10 years. So those were things that I didn't really think of. Um, and then you can also have people give you testimonials and, um, 
you know, they can they can pay you in other ways, if you will, because those are things that definitely do help. Um, and, you know, depending on who else is going to be speaking too, keep in mind that you could create really amazing relationships with people to do some bartering as well. So that's something that I'd never really thought of. And I always thought, oh my gosh, well, I'm going to have to pay for that or I can't afford it. So I definitely spoke for free for a lot of years. And it did give me a lot of really good experience. Another tip that I would give you is get on as many podcasts as possible. Whatever your topic is, you should be talking about it as much as possible because the more you talk about it, the better you are going to be when you're presenting, which leads me to my last point of if you are going to be presenting or speaking on a topic, you better have content about that topic so that when I go to your Instagram, I can clearly see or your YouTube that, wow, you do talk about this topic a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at you have like 20, 30, 40 videos all on this topic. And that's going to help you be a better presenter because guess what? When you make 10 videos about the micro topics that fall within your main topic, guess what? Each one of those is not just a separate video or post. Each one of those becomes a slide or slides in your presentation. So it's really, really important to start with your content first and have that created so that you can build the vocabulary that you need and see the questions that people ask and the comments that they give because that's going to give you more content. Wow, that was kind of all over the place, guys. And again, I'm just going off the cuff here. I don't have anything written down, but I just, it was on my mind just to kind of talk about what I wish I would have known then if I could go back in time. And if you liked this episode and you want to learn more about speaking, I am not an expert. I do speak, but I am not a speaking coach and I am still a student of the game, but I would be happy to share what I know and what has worked for me. So let me know if this has been helpful to you. Uh, Slide into the DMs and let me know your thoughts. And until next time, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then. 